it's just a lot of listening, whether it's listening to department staff, the community, leadership, elected officials, just listening and just trying to discern what the priorities are. Welcome back to the Women in North Carolina Government Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and this month we are interviewing Cecily Hamilton, who is the Strategic Initiatives Analyst with the City of Durham. Welcome, Cecily. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm just really excited to be here. I think this is such a cool project. Yeah, we are so excited to have you on today. I'm really excited for our conversation. So first off, I'd like to dive into how you got into this role. What specifically interested you about working for the city of Durham and leading the strategic plan refresh? I think I saw on your LinkedIn that you started out in Wake County, then Durham County before moving to the city department. Yep, I've been all around the triangles. I started out while I was still an MPA student at UNC in the Wake County Budget Office. And while there, I did an informational interview at one point with Jason Horton, who is the strategic performance director there. And he just really inspired me. I just remember the first time I met with him and thinking, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, I actually studied political philosophy in undergrad, and I've always been much more of a big picture person. So the detail and the spreadsheets, a budget weren't really cutting it for me as much as I also really enjoyed other aspects of the budget office. Um, My heart was much more drawn towards the bigger picture of like a strategic planning and also performance. Jason became a really great mentor of mine. He encouraged me to apply for an ICMA fellowship with Durham County. So I also had a stint there where I worked um, around strategy, performance, innovation, and didn't do strategic planning there, but much more focused on like more innovation and continuous improvement work, which was also really interesting. And a lot of the skills I learned there, I also bring over the Save Durham, but working for Durham County, Durham County and the Save Durham have a very unique, like, like sibling relationship, I would say, because uh, it's, the city of Durham is the only jurisdiction in Durham County. So of course there's a lot of overlap. So I actually got a lot of uh, FaceTime with, with people in the city of Durham and just realized that it was like the place that where it really aligned with my values and where I really wanna be. And we have a really cool shop here called the Office of Performance and Innovation, which is within budget and management services. Kind of if I could draw an org chart for you all, it looks, it's very interesting. There's BMS and then there's this little offshoot of Office Performance Innovation. And under that is participatory budgeting, which is a really cool, very progressive program. Y'all should totally look up, but where basically residents get to vote on how to spend, um, I believe it's $1.2 million um, of the money on on projects that they propose and develop themselves. So that's really cool. And we also have our innovation team, which is really, they do all that continuous improvement projects. And then you have Sherry and I who work on our citywide strategic plan and performance measures. So just like a really cool shop. Also, since we're talking about women, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the city and county really are like leaders in having women leadership, especially like women of color, both the city manager and the county manager are actually black women, as well as multiple women and women of color represented on the board of commissioners, the city council, the mayor and the police chief and the city attorney are all also black women. Um, it's very diverse, very female, which kind of has this trickle down effect of creating a very refreshing culture, I would say. This is just very inspiring for me, something that just makes me very happy to work here. I would actually recommend there was a recently a really cool article in the News and Observer about this called Black Women Dominate Durham Leadership Roles. So I would highly recommend anyone who's interested to look at that and learn more. Definitely. I'll be linking that. I'll try to find that and I'll link it into the bio of this episode. I will say whenever I went to, I attended the North Carolina local Government Budgeting Association. That's cool. I attended that conference this past year with my MPA program. I'm also at UNC. And 
there were a lot of women in the room and everyone was super friendly. And honestly, I did not expect that because in a lot of the government organizations that I've been in and just the conferences that I've been involved in, like the city and county management association, I see a lot of men and I see a lot of white men and I do not see a lot of representation um, for people of color, for women. So it was really nice. And I just found that unique just in the local government budgeting association space. Yeah. I don't know what everyone is doing correctly there, but it seems yes. to be working. So if we could emulate that, that would be great. I agree. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up. I absolutely adore NCLGBA, even though I don't work in on, on budget specifically, I always love to say that I'm budget adjacent. So I really love going to those conferences. I, I need actually you just remind me I need to register for the summer conference. <laughs> I keep putting it off, um, but I just love the people. Like even if I'm not doing like a lot of the work, although they they do do a uh, strategy and performance as part of budgeting there it's all interrelated but it's just such a great group of people and as you point out very diverse skews a bit very intergenerational I would say whereas manager associations like tend to skew older which makes sense because that's that's who's there um but yeah it's it's very definitely a special group of people yeah they were so friendly especially when they figure out that you're like in an MBA yeah. program they're like I'm gonna take you under my wing they we're, love gonna, you. we're gonna get you settled <laughs> we'll create mm-hmm. networks for you it's really nice it's awesome Moving forward into the strategic plan refresh, um, I was researching that and I found that Durham had five main goals. So that was to create a shared economic prosperity, creating a safer community together, having connected, engaged, and diverse communities, having an innovative and high-performing organization, and then creating a sustainable, natural, and built environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did y'all come to agreeance on these main points? Were you involved in that process or is this kind of like a city council-informed approach? I would say, so I wasn't there when they decided on the five. They haven't really, that's, I'd say, the one part of the plan that hasn't changed that much in the last 10 years, even. Um, those are all, have all remained pretty consistent priorities for the city of Durham. The city of Durham's changed in a lot of ways, but that's more impacted, like, the focus areas and our actual, like, projects that we that we pick and that, that we work on. Um, the goals have stayed mostly the same. I will say something really interesting is that they have evolved over time, um, just based on either council priorities or like resident, or kind of where like the, the direction the wind's blowing. So an example of that is we actually have changed instead of connected, engaged, and diverse communities, it's going to be connected, engaged, and inclusive communities because Durham's diverse, but isn't inclusive. Those are two very, as we've been so well educated on the past few years, um, but lots of really uh, folks in the field, they have really pointed out that, you know, diversity and inclusion aren't the same thing. And like, inclusion is kind of like the next step. Um, so that's something that we're changing. And also <laughs> the sustainable, natural and built environment. Like, what does that mean? We're changing that to th- thriving and vibrant environment. I think what it was trying to, what it was trying to kind of get towards is how we want to both maintain and improve our existing infrastructure and also be like innovative and sustainable and be a model, sustainable city, all that good stuff. But I, there was also, for me personally, it was like, where do the commas go? Like, that was always my question. Like, where do you put the commas in sustainable, natural, and built environment? Drove me nuts. So it's going to be thriving and vibrant environment. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. When I saw that, I thought it was just more of like an environmental approach, like mm-hmm. trying to make it more eco-friendly, a green space. I like the thriving. I like the addition of that. That makes more sense. Well, thanks for your feedback. So it's like <laughs> beta testing it on you. I noticed that you said that those have kind of stayed in place for like maybe the past 10 years. Do you update this strategic plan every fiscal year? Not every fiscal year, no. Ideally, and this has kind of changed because, of course, COVID happened that the last, so the strategic plan was supposed to be updated in 2021, I believe, but then a lot of stuff was happening in 2021, so we did not get to it. Um, And of course, that was before I was there, 
But we ideally, we have, we have, Sherry and I have created that cycle of performance where we'll update, we'll do a refresh of the plan every three years. So that kind of gives us an amount of time. It's like a good, a good amount of time to kind of get momentum, get things going, but also enough time has passed by then that we should do a check-in on making sure that what we're doing is what we should be doing or is what we're doing working. And then other years, we're going to be doing uh, department business plans and have those like link, ideally department business plans link directly to our citywide strategic plan. They kind of like funnel into each other. And then the third year doing kind of a performance measurement, because that's kind of where we look at, are we doing what we want to be doing? Are we having the desired impacts? Are we measuring the right stuff? Gotcha. So whenever you're working on this, what do you view as the most important part of strategic planning or parts? Because it is an intense process. Yeah. Definitely depends on the stage of the plan that you're at, but for creating a plan to me, it's definitely been listening. You just, it's just a lot of listening, whether it's listening to department staff, the community leadership, elected officials, just listening and just trying to discern what the priorities are. Um, it's also asking good questions, asking the right questions to get to the root of things. That's something I, I definitely learned at Wake County. I learned a lot about how to ask good questions, especially from the budget staff. They do a really good job of that. They, they're like detectives. And so they ask questions. That's something, that's kind of where I learned that. Um, also, that's also the part, of, I think that's the hardest part too, is the part I'm still working on is asking the right questions because part of that is expertise that I, I've only been in the field for like three years practicing. So I know, I know, I know enough to know what I don't know. I like to say, um, which is a good place to be at, but still definitely a beginner place. Uh, and when it comes to implementing the plan, I would say it's having accountability and transparency, having a tool for that. So your plan doesn't become that dusty binder on the shelf. I um, mean, it's something that has a lot of momentum. People are really invested in it and people are aware of it. And the leadership is really engaged in what's happening with that. And that's something I believe the Safe Drive actually does exceptionally well is one of the reasons why I'm so like proud and happy to be here. Yeah, I can see that. Whenever I was taking one of my local government classes, the professor was talking about how like the smallest part is making it and then you actually have to do it. You have to show your constituents that you're actually going to follow through. That's mm -hmm. probably the hardest part, just, just showing up. And that kind of leads me to my next question. So you mentioned listening, and that was actually one of my favorite aspects of working within government. I love listening to people's stories, <laughs> seeing how we can improve processes. What's your best part of your job? What do you enjoy the most? Definitely the people. I'm such a people person. Even before I realized that I wanted to work specifically in local government, I knew that the place where my skills and my passions and core values all met was really in helping other people get things done. That's something I like to say that that's really my main function here at the Save Durham is helping other people get things done and also working a space that helps to build and maintain strong and healthy communities. That's another thing that I'm really passionate about. So that's been kind of like my personal mission statement that's driven where I've gone, uh, so to speak. But working in this space allows me to do exactly all those things at a very high level. And it's it's very fulfilling because I'm not a subject matter expert in our initiatives. That's our department staff and, and our residents who have that lived experience. But I do provide a framework for them, uh, for both community members or staff to kind of pick to discern what the strategic priorities should be and kind of help them through that. It also just gives me on a personal level, like a lot of exposure and access across departments. So I'll be in meetings with the police chief and the fire chief, and then I'll be in meeting with the solid waste director. And I just get to learn so much across the department. I also just adore my team BMS and the Office of Performance and Innovation. We have a really unique 
a really unique shop, a really unique like dynamic. And I love them all so much. And sometimes I even actually get sad in advance thinking about the day that people move on as people do. Um, and we don't have this special group of people working together anymore. But I just think the people that go to local, that choose local government and choose public service are very unique and also like somewhat similar to me. Um, so that's just been, that's been a really cool part. Yeah, I've worked a lot of jobs, but I miss all of my coworkers yeah. from local government jobs and state government jobs. That kind of sticks with you. Just you have that camaraderie of just wanting to help people and make government Absolutely. more efficient. Absolutely. Your job seems really nice, but do you have any obstacles that you come across? Anything that's frustrating? Uh, not, I would say the probably biggest one is it hurts my heart that not everyone is as enthusiastic or passionate about the strategic plan as I am. That's really, I think, definitely my biggest, the biggest issue is like helping get, is just trying to get that buy-in and also understanding that there's a reason why certain people are more jaded or disillusioned with strategic planning because it costs money and sometimes it costs money to do things. And when it costs $10 million to do something, we we have limited resources, so we can't just we can't say yes to everything, even if like in an ideal world, those things would happen just because we have so many competing priorities. Um, and also, I'm not the one in charge of picking what those are. That's really the city manager's job and council. So I'd say that's the hardest part. So not everyone is as enthusiastic about the strategic plan as I am, but I just, I don't, I don't take it personally. And I just, I listen to them. I think that's also where listening comes in. You listen, you kind of can discern where people have an issue and you can acknowledge that it's valid that they feel that way. Yeah, that's the best you can do. So with this kind of work, the, the listening approach seems to be the biggest part. Is there any persuasion aspect in there to get that buy-in? Or do you just mm -hmm. kind of almost chalk it up as a loss because sometimes yeah. you can't meet those goals. So it's important to not brush away their concerns. Exactly. I think just making people feel heard and being like, yeah, that's true. That stinks. You know, like I think just even as simple as, simple as that, I've heard people have really enjoyed sharing. I, we both, I feel like have a positive like energy and we kind of like let things, things go wrong. We kind of like, we're very adaptable, very flexible. We're, we're both very much like the proverbial public servants of like, oh, government will prevail. <laughs> It'll be fine. You're the Leslie Nopes there. <laughs> exactly. We are. We are. We really are. <laughs> I love that. Um, so you touched on limited resources. What initiatives have you been able to take with those limited resources to make sure that everyone's voice is heard in the city's vision for its uh, the future of its government? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this because this is actually the thing I'm most proud of for my first year here at the city of Durham. This year, Sherry and I, and I keep talking about her. She's she's my boss. She's the strategic initiatives manager. Um, it has been another incredible mentor for me. But this is something that this year we tried something new that the city's never done before. And to my knowledge, and I, I asked a lot of people last year at NCLGBA, actually, and I don't think other jurisdictions, I don't want to say they're not, but I haven't heard about other jurisdictions that are doing this. And that's direct community engagement. Community engagement such that you can draw a straight line from the community input to what we actually do in the strategic plan. And that's something that I'm really proud that we've been able to do. So last summer when we were planning, we decided we really want to experiment with this com direct community engagement. And, and I also want to say the community already strongly influences our plan. I'm sure this is the case in other jurisdictions who don't have the resources to do this because they already influence the plan through council priorities or by the extens extensive engagement that our departments do when they're doing their long-term plans, such as our, we have a comprehensive plan that was done recently that I think got input from 10,000 residents, you know, to come up with these action items. So I, I don't want to say we are doing community engagement across the organization um, and that doesn't, that all those things inform our strategic plan, like 
very heavily, but we want to kind of take it to the next level. We called our strategic plan this year, the branding that I, I am very proud I came up with is Level Up Durham and kind of was like retro video game themed. It's mostly for internal, but I think that actually might be our, uh, spoiler, might be our tagline for our strategic plan when we premiere it. But Level Up, do we really want to take it to the next level with community engagement? So that's something that we, in order to do that, we really wanted to think where can we actually draw that direct line? And so as you pointed out, our strategic plan has five main goal areas. Um, and under each of those five goal areas, we have three focus areas or what we call objectives. So these are kind of like overarching themes. For example, uh, a theme might be or focus area would be advance equity and citywide policies or maintain and improve existing infrastructure I mentioned before. And then beneath each of those themes, we do our actual projects. Like what are we actually going to do to maintain and improve existing infrastructure? Kind of like the A, B, and C. So we came up with these using using departmental staff, we brought them together, did a facilitated meeting, did like a SWOC, like the, what's the strength, weakness, opportunity, challenge for each of our goal areas. And we kind of used that to come up with a list of like seven or eight. And then we actually went out to the community and had them prioritize them. And we did that using our resident satisfaction survey, which is a very statistically significant and demographically representative sample. But then where we really went the extra mile was Sherry and I went boots on the ground, community centers, high schools. We spent a lot of time at the Durham bus station, Durham housing authority, like uh, properties. We really went all around the city of Durham. We actually were able to follow participatory budgeting, which does very similar, which does similar work, getting very boots on the ground community engagement. And we had residents actually prioritize what objectives they wanted to see in the plan. And the thing I'm most proud of is that the top two to three resident priorities are actually the objectives that are gonna be in the plan that we announce. Wow. So, yes, that's what lets me sleep well at night, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that almost like canvassing approach. Yes. I have a political background. So I'm always like, if we can do anything from like the ground up, we should, because that's really how you, you need to meet the people where they are. So was that just you and your boss doing that work? Mm -hmm. Just us. We had a little bit of help, but it really was us. It was the entire fall. We were out almost every day somewhere doing something. That is amazing. So what did those conversations look like? How do you spark that conversation? Do you mean the conversation of doing that type of engagement? Like if people were to try to emulate that strategy, okay. how would you recommend that they begin so that they don't, especially like whenever you have people going into vulnerable populations, yeah. you don't have those resources already ready for them. Mm -hmm. So that can be kind of burdensome. It's definitely an issue. There's like engagement fatigue. And I will say something that Save Durham does well, which is Sharon and I have nothing to do with this, but we've just kind of built on it. We're really yeah, standing on the backs of giants here in the city of Durham because it's very, very focused. One of our uh, objectives, which is like also a council priority, is equitable community engagement. So we have a department, NIS, that works on that, and they have an equitable community engagement blueprint, which we consulted when we were thinking about the level at which we want to do engagement. And we really did think about using that tool. We really thought about where can we actually, I think the th what I would, what I, the advice I would give to other jurisdictions when I do that is really think about where is the actionable feedback? What is the actionable feedback you're looking for? And what is realistic? Even like, even if it's not perfect, like not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. And for us, the way we did that was we did a survey. We didn't do focus groups because that would have been, they did focus groups for things like the comp plan, like, but we aren't here at that level. This is really an internal steering document. So we really wanted to get resident feedback, but we did, couldn't really have them like create them from scratch because we already had done so much other stuff to do that, if that makes sense, that that wasn't really the, the level of engagement we wanted to do. And we don't want to ask people for something and then not 
not use it. So it was really, I think the most important thing for us was to make sure that we were going to use the feedback we were given and able to draw the straight line from point A to point B of the folks. People said this, they want this, and this is what we're doing. Gotcha. So it sounds like those, you already had like a trustworthy communication with them. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That Yeah, that that's really helpful for a feedback loop too. Yeah, exactly. We and that's something the feedback loop is was actually one of I say the themes of our initiatives even that came up all across all areas was creating a feedback loop. And that's something that's really going to be a priority for this new plan, which is also exciting. That is really exciting. I love that. This is so exciting. That makes me happy. Um, so you might have already touched on this whenever you were talking about something previously, but what project has re- excited you the most in it, relation to your job, but also maybe the strategic plan? A thousand percent the community engagement piece. That was just, that's something I'm just so proud of. It made me so excited. That's really the thing that I'm, I don't know, that, that holds the biggest space in my heart right now. Yeah, that's hundred percent. It's, it's the that we, in fact, we were able to go out of the community and just, just getting out of the office and just spending time with folks, especially at the Durham bus station. I'd say that we spent like hours and hours there. And that was just really fun. Also just seeing how excited people were to share, like, and even though we weren't, we, we actually, I had kind of assumed that I'd assumed that folks would be maybe like, oh, how come I didn't come up with these? How come I haven't seen these before? But people weren't, that wasn't the response at all. And maybe that's because our organization has done a good job of having extensive community engagement done at those other levels. But folks were really excited. They were like, oh, this is so important to me. Or they would even ask, we were asking them to pick three and they'd be like, oh, can I pick all of them? And I was like, of course you can pick all, they're all important to you. Go ahead and select all of them. That's, that's, that's just what it is. And that was, I think was the most like heartwarming was like, oh, we're doing something right. Like we must have done something right because people are really excited about this. And they were also just excited that we were asking for their opinion. Yeah, I can imagine that. I don't know of other municipalities in North Carolina that might do this. I don't think there are. Again, I don't want to say, I don't know for sure, but I I did ask like, at NCLGBA, I asked a few folks and no one, they said that they, they did it. They do it at a different level though. Not, but not person to person. They do it using like organizations or other like intergovernmental agencies or just through other avenues. Yeah, I can imagine as a constituent, I don't know if it's because like I'm nerdy, but <laughs> really, I would be really impressed. And also it would be really refreshing if a government worker came up to me and like on the street or just like as I was doing my thing and like asked my opinion, I bet that's really valuable. We also had candy and I think that helped a lot. People yeah. love the candy. It really is something I've really learned is it's the little things. It's like the candy or just the little touches. Yours does not have a bad reputation, but sometimes strategic plans can get a bad reputation, um, specifically when leaders don't carry out the vision. So constituents kind of get fatigued from that and they don't really expect their government to carry out what they set forth. So what advice would you give to other municipalities deciding on how to prioritize projects and timelines while remaining fiscally responsible and resident focused? Mm -hmm. This is a trickier question, a good question, a trickier one. Uh, the answer, you know, as you've touched on, varies for each jurisdiction. The state of Durham is we're really fortunate that we are in a rapidly growing community with an expanding tax base. So we have less issues than other jurisdictions in North Carolina might have. But something that I'd say keeps our strategic plan at the forefront of our minds and from being that dusty binder on a shelf are our monthly Durham strategy and performance, or we call them DSAP meetings for short. 
Each month, our strategic initiative teams give a brief presentation to the city manager and her executive team um, on their progress, their milestones, performance data, and often just some good storytelling about the work they're doing in order to move the needle in that initiative area. Um, this gives their work visibility. It gives the city manager the chance to ask the hard questions and push that accountability piece, something that she's incredible at doing. It's very intimidating. She has an incredible memory. I don't know how she does it, but she remembers everything and just always asks the best. She's definitely a masterclass in asking the best questions. <laughs> um, it also just lets those initiative teams escalate any barriers they may be facing and get like kind of get that that executive support. So that's something that I think really separates the, our plan from other plans. And, and we didn't come up with that. We took that. We actually stole it from the city of Raleigh. The city of Raleigh also has an incredible strategic plan and they do, uh, I don't know if they do it now, but they they did core stat, which is a similar thing, which is comes from city stat, which you probably hear about if you're an MPA program, you've heard of it, but it's, it's just a similar a similar uh, concept of an accountability tool of this kind of this meeting where the strategic like initiatives are kind of put on the spotlight and there's, it's just provides a way to provide that accountability and transparency piece. And I think that's been really pivotal. So that's definitely the advice I would give is having some sort of accountability tool, but in order to do that, you have to have executive buy-in and that's something that Save Durham has. Our city manager is very um, supportive of the strategic plan. It's something very important to her as is our, our council loves the strategic plan. So that's just something that's really encouraging. It's really exciting to work with people who are excited mm -hmm. about the jobs too. Yes. Yes. That makes a big difference. I'll kind of move on to the miscellaneous questions. I know you talked about your mentor in the beginning. Have you received any tips or advice from others in your field that have helped you overcome any obstacles or increase your skill potential with strategic planning? Yeah, from really everyone, uh, particularly during my fellowship at Durham County, um, I met Michael Davis, who's now an innovation strate strategist at Wake County. Another super influential mentor of mine, I'm really fortunate I have quite a few, but he's one of the most influential. He taught me a lot about humility, culture building, relationships, how important the little things can be, and most, most importantly to me, facilitation. So I said earlier that one of my main things is that I really want to help other people get things done. So learning about facilitation from Michael Davis really provided that missing how puzzle piece for me, like how will I help other people get things done while really knowing how to facilitate just in my day-to-day -day life. And that's something that I probably use almost every day of my career, and especially in the strategic plan refresh process. A huge personal goal of mine for the past year through this process has really been how can I use facilitation strategies to have like highly productive meetings, like just really effective meetings. So bring people in for two hours and then leave. And we have like a, like just a list of possible initiative ideas, um, like to really promote that brainstorming, even with groups of people who maybe are less strategic, such as our, uh, our public safety folks, they're, they don't really sit in a room strategic planning. They're literally putting out fires or like saving lives and dealing with high intensity situations. So like, how do you help them do that? And that's something that that's been really pivotal. That's probably the biggest skill I've learned is facilitation. I consider myself an aspiring facilitative leader, <laughs> not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm working on it in, in that the, that messy middle part of really just honing that skill set. There are sorts of like games, quote unquote, that you can play, like something that we had them do, um, our initiative teams do, was they did something called an activity called Cover Story, 
where they filled in a graphically we I had we have we have an intern who has a design background and so we had her kind of like draw up like a mock newspaper cover um, with like a headline and then uh, supporting like graphics and then a quote section and then like a sub a subheadings where folks were able to kind of really dream big about what they wanted to see in their objective area in the next three to five years so far we have a carbon neutrality, renewable energy goal area. One of those was advanced carbon neutrality and renewable energy. And their headline was uh, Durham meets carbon neutrality goals uh, 10 years early. And just like we have electric vehicles and the kind of like we're able to like even just graphically depict that. And th th that's the kind of thing you can do. You can kind of you can make it fun um, and engaging. And so that's something that I also love about facilitation. I've been in environments before where team members kind of don't want to play those games at first, yeah. but once you get into it, it becomes a little bit more fun yes. and see the value of it. So I, yeah, I definitely recommend things like that. Yeah. What advice would you give to women or anyone in general that wants to work in strategic planning for local government? Relationships, 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 like hundred thousand percent. I'm where I am right now, which I can confidently say is kind of my, my dream job for the time being way sooner than I ever thought that I would be just because of those relationships. At the end of my fellowship last year, I had a lot of mentors across the across the triangle. I mentioned Michael Davis, Jason Horton, Jody, Mil Jody Miller, who was a deputy county manager for Durham County and is now the assistant town manager for Garner, who heard probably way more than they ever wanted to about my job search <laughs> and what I was going through at the time. And they gave me advice and even help with interview prep. So I also, I also took a lot of time to understand myself. I think that's, that's even, that's just as important as the external relationship piece. You have to really know who you are, what you bring to the table and just be really honest with yourself. Like, what are your skills, but what do you not know? Like, I, I think that's one, that's like kind of a superpower is not, is knowing what you don't know and what you need to work on. I also had a really strong sense of my why, my core values, and like I'm, and also kind of had developed from talking to other people and listening, like a vision or theory of the role of strategy, performance, and innovation in local government. So that's really what I would encourage anyone to do is just really think about those themes that have spoken to you, like from your, whether through your lived experience or through like the people you've met or just whatever is, is kind of, I don't know, in your gut. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but I just also had like a deep knowing that the city of Durham was the right place for me and that this is what I should be doing. And I listened to that and it served me well. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've been hopping around from place to place. I feel like I've been involved in so many different interests since my MPA program and Allison Binkley with the School of Government. Mm. She's been so helpful. And she kind of told me that advice too. Yeah. She was like, you just kind of have to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for mm. you, explore what you don't know. Um, Cause like even the failures on the job side can be really important for personal growth and then professional growth later down the road. So Absolutely. I think that is excellent advice. Absolutely. And also I was, I have to give it a lot of credit, Allison, Allison Binkley also, because she was the one, she gave me the advice with the, as far as the relationship piece goes she really told me just email people just email people and ask to talk to them and it's true especially in local government like people want to talk to you especially like like especially if you're a woman or a person of color like if other people with those lived experiences they want to speak to you they want to help you they want to mentor you I mean most of the time unless like they're maybe they're really busy or something's going on but the vast majority of the time it's well worth the risk of trying and reaching out and more often than not you're going to get a very positive response 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's the experience I've had. I don't think I've had anyone tell me no. The worst that can happen is they don't email you back. Exactly. Exactly. And I often try to do that from a place of like not wanting something from them, but just being like genuinely curious, like just like having a very genuine, like there's a lot of people I have relationships with or have networked with and I'm not asking them for a job. Like I don't need anything from them. I just like want to get to know them and like hear their story. And there's just a lot of value in that. Yeah. And then they can connect you to other people that you can find new opportunities. And also just like I, we talked about listening. I just love listening Mm -hmm. to people. Yes. (laughs) I think most people in local government do enjoy that. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) All right. That's all I had today. Thank you so much for being on with us. Of course. Thanks so much, Melissa. And again, I'm just so excited about this project. I just think it's such a cool idea.